0: Hi guys, so I I think as the weeks uh, move on and and, and we try this again if if we need to do this for more than one week, um, we'll we'll contact some of you and and ask you to just put together maybe something during the week to share with the City River community um, and uh, we can do that going forward. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this will give us an opportunity to get to know one another in a deeper way. Uh, as Donna was saying, the Lord as though has used this coronavirus and COVID-19 to sort of slow everything down and put like the pause button on. The pause button to all the, the beautiful things that we get to do at church, uh, the excellence that we pursue, the quality that we pursue. And we back down to very, very basic Christianity where we don't have the glitz, where we don't have the, the show, the lights, the sound, all of it. We're back to something very humble and very family. And uh, it gives us the opportunity. And sometimes it's not the most wonderful experience because we have grown to not know one another in our homes. Some of us have been living together in a home and we have sort of been in a, in a bit of a situation where everybody's going in their different direction. But this reset, as it were, gives us the opportunity to have to get to know, we are forced to get to know one another in our families. And I believe that the Lord is using that as foundation to establish what he wants us to do next. If we don't have our acts together in our homes, if we don't know how to be together, I was going to say tolerate one another, but more than tolerate, love one another in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of our conversations, in the midst of our uh, tensions. And it is a stressful time and we get that. We all have understood the fact that this is stressful to the whole world. And it's in that stress that our relationships with one another, husbands and wives, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons, all of that is being forged together, sisters and brothers. And we are relearning how to live as a family, a, a family that understands love, a family that understands compassion, that understands forgiveness. So the Lord is giving us an opportunity to get it right uh, and also is giving us an opportunity to get it right as a church. What it means to be church, not just us at City River, but across the globe. What does it mean to really be church? And, uh, my, my thoughts today as I was preparing for this service, uh, you're gonna gonna pass it off. You're gonna pass it off. Okay, I'm gonna bring the camera a little bit closer and, uh, uh, I'm gonna switch on, uh, some slides that I have prepared. But my thoughts as I was preparing for this, and uh, to be honest, I have been on conversations nonstop this last week, both uh, local, national, as well as international conversations, and there's one thing that we're all hearing, and uh, if you listen outside, you won't hear anything in the streets. There is no noise in the streets. The streets have gone quiet. Uh, if you listen to the media, there's a lot of noise. And uh, so the question I have is, whose voice are we hearing? Whose voice are we hearing in the midst of all of this? There is a lot of different voices up there. Some voices are very, very intelligent. They can explain to us all the details of what's happening across the world with the curves that are spiking in the nations and how some nations have interacted and the curve has been flattened. Uh, Korea is a great example of how to quickly respond, to shut everything down. Uh, Italy has not been a good example of that. We in Canada and maybe even in the U.S. are trying to figure out how do we now respond. Fortunately for us, we're on the farthest west side of all of the noise and all of the activities of uh, the virus and what it's been doing. So we have the benefit of observing all the other nations and all their reactions. It seems that uh, China is in a position now, as you've heard, where they're not getting any more uh, infections that are being transmitted internally. And that's a good thing. That means that their control and their population quieting, their social distancing, all of those things that have become common everyday words for us, uh, have now actually had, have, have had an impact in, uh, in China. In curbing the extension and the growth of the transmission of the coronavirus and the infections, the covid uh, nineteen, so with all of what we 're doing, all of this now, we have an opportunity to to hear what is really out there, what is the real noise that we 're hearing so i 'm going to share my screen and, and uh, show you a couple of things, and uh, what i 'm looking at is uh, really i 'm asking the question. Show us Uh, Give me one second, I need to deal with something real here, real quick here. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Uh, so the question I'm asking is, who is your shepherd? And, uh, the reason I'm asking that question is because of what I'm seeing as the, uh, the noise that's going on and the, the reality of what our, uh, our life has had become. There's a verse we are all familiar with, a passage in Scripture, which is the 23rd Psalm. And the 23rd Psalm reads this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. This has been a comforting uh, uh, psalm for my mom all her days. And she would actually have little postcards with a Psalm 23 on it. She would hand it to different people. And she had it stuck in her Bible as a little postcard. And uh, it was a, a life passage for her that really expressed how she trusted the Lord in all her situations. It's become even more real to me in the current circumstance. It's become even more real to me when I read things like, He leads me beside quiet waters. Quiet waters don't make a lot of noise. Quiet waters are just very soft, flowing waters. And today there is so much noise. And the more noise we listen to in the media, the more turbulent those waters become. They're not quiet waters. You're getting different opinions from different places. And uh, everything that we're hearing can get very confusing. But the reality is that there is another voice that we need to hear. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Another verse there, he says that he anoints my head with oil. That oil is the oil of his anointing. It's the oil of the Holy Spirit. That oil is the oil that protects us from everything else that's going on around us. It's his anointing. So I want to talk about who is this shepherd. Who is this shepherd that the psalm writer here, David, talks about? That was maybe 1500 years before Jesus But very quickly thereafter, Jesus comes on the scene. And in John chapter 10, he says, Verily, verily, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So in the midst of all of the different noises that are going on, Jesus is saying that there is a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this thief is bent on destroying the life of every human being. Whether it's through virus outbreaks, whether it's through financial uh, stresses, whether it's through relational problems, whatever the problems that we face in life are, this thief is the one that is behind all of them. He comes to steal our joy, to steal our peace, to steal our happiness, to steal our strength. He comes to kill that passion that's inside of us, and actually, if he could, to kill us physically and to destroy, to destroy our families, to destroy our relationships, to destroy our future, to destroy all of the goodness that God has built into who we are. That thief is the enemy of God. That thief is Satan. However, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full, that you may have it to the full. So I want to challenge you. In the midst of everything that has gone on in the last two weeks since we were physically together. Last Sunday we had suspended our service. Today we're back here online. In the midst of all of that noise, what voice have you been listening to? Who has really been your shepherd? There's two types of shepherds that he talks about in this passage. One is he's going to tell us who the good shepherd is. But there is the shepherd who is the thief who is trying to steal the joy of the sheep. Who have you been listening to? The next verse in that says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And there's been many such shepherds all around us. People that we may have put our trust in. Education that we may have put our trust in as a shepherd our careers, our businesses, all of these different things have been nothing more than hired hands that we hired, we hired, not God hired, but we hired to become comfort for us. So when we see those things and the wolf comes, whether it's bad news or, or trouble, they abandon us and we're left to fend for ourselves. Then the wolf comes and attacks the flock and scatters us. But the, the wolf being the enemy, Satan, The man runs away because he's hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, he goes on. But before we get there, whose voice are you listening to? What is the shepherd's voice that you are paying attention to? Is it the noise in the media is it the statistics? Is it the, fi- the, the financial markets? Is it the stay home and don't come to work? Is it the social distancing? No, there's a good shepherd who knows us, who's given us the ability to recognize his voice and to be able to hear him because he has laid down his life for us. He doesn't stop there. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. So we are positioned to be his sheep, to hear his voice, and to recognize that he has other sheep that he wants to bring in. And now we are responsible with him to be able to speak to those other sheep, to give them the peace that we have, to grant them to understand the wisdom of God in the situation, so that we become lights, salt, instruments of his grace, so that they also will be able to hear the voice of this one shepherd. There shall be one flock, he says, They will listen to my voice. There shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. So we are in the same shoes. When we lay down our lives, I was on a call recently with the Canadian Prophetic Council. And there were two people on that call. And one of them shared that she has been moved so much by the word self-isolation. And she was saying that, you know, in this day and age, when we are hearing so much about self-isolation, the Lord spoke to me and said it this way, Isolate yourself. Isolate your flesh, your me, your I, so that it no longer elevates itself and it becomes all about me and self ish desire, the desire of myself over the desire of others. Jesus said, I lay my life down. He took his self his being, and isolated it so that he could allow the desire of God, which is at the end of this passage here, he says, no one can take it away from me. No one can take myself from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay down myself and the authority to pick it up again. We have the same. We are placed on this earth with the responsibility, the command that we have received from the Father to become just like Jesus to share our life, to share ourself. You know, when you go to the store and you're looking for toilet paper and there's only one left, maybe you can put yourself aside and let that other person pick it up. That kind of thing. I know it's silly, toilet paper. You know, in China, in Wuhan, the church has been reacting in a very positive way to the situation that they faced. The very people that were the ones that were being persecuted, put to jail, being questioned, being questioned, have continued to be the ones on the street that go out every day, whether it's with toilet paper, whether it's with drugs, whether it's with food that they have prepared, whether it's with, the, when I say drugs, I mean medicine, whatever it is that they have, they've been giving it to the people that are around them. They have sacrificed their selves. They have self-isolated, isolated self, so that the other self, the other person can benefit, just like Jesus has done. Now, because of that, the government authorities, the police, have been giving them free access. They've pulled back from pulling them in and questioning them because they saw the heart of God in them and they have allowed them to become the church active in the place where they used to be persecuted. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. As Jesus said those words, we have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to mimic him. You know, when when God gave... Israel, the Ten Commandments, through Moses. The people were afraid because they weren't used to seeing or hearing God in the way that they had been now uh, exposed to. With the Ten Commandments, as Moses came down with the tablets, everybody was afraid. And they said to him, You speak to us. We do not want God to speak to us, or we will die. Speak to us yourself, Moses, and we will listen. But not, do not have God speak to us or we'll die, we will die. And Moses spoke to them and said these words, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. And we are in the exact same position today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the coronavirus. Do what you have to do to prevent transmission. We're all staying home. We've canceled our services. We're obeying the government authorities, the health ministers and all of these people that are the experts that have been placed as authorities over us by God, and we will submit to their uh, advice and their precautions, we will wash our hands, we will not hug, we will not kiss, we will be careful, we will do all of these things, but we will not fear. But we will fear God, and we will allow the fear of God to keep us from sinning. So I want to encourage you today, and I want to bless you, and I'm going to spend some time in prayer today. For this, that we would transition from being bombarded by the voices and the sound of what is happening all around us to quiet our hearts, to be able to spend time with the Lord. We have classes that we have and and Rob has done a fantastic job on Friday night. He was with this uh, small group teaching on the hearing of God's voice. We will continue to offer those. Maybe with us being all at home right now, we can actually take advantage of that and delve deeper into the knowledge of God and the ability to hear His voice and just being accustomed to, to spend time in intimacy with Him. We have time now. We have time to strengthen our bonds with the Lord and with one another. Pick up the phone, call a friend, call somebody from across town. You may not be able to go visit in person, but we have the opportunity to gel together as a community and also to be able to serve those that are not part of us, the other sheep, and to bring to them life that will become a spark of the goodness of God among us and and how He wants us to continue. But I want to leave one other thought with you. What is it that's going to protect us as we move forward? What is it that's going to keep us? In Ephesians, he says these words. Paul, the apostle, says these words. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can stand. take your stand against the devil's schemes. The devil's schemes are all around us. Whether we say that the virus is part of the devil's scheme or not, it doesn't matter because it will be used by him to bring humanity to its knees. The struggle is all around us, but our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world. And they are not the people that are in, in government. Our fight is not with them. But our fight and our struggle is with the spiritual forces that are all around us that are trying to steal our joy, trying to steal our peace, trying to make us fear so that we don't pay attention to what's important. Today, let's refocus. Let's reshift our eyes to the reality of who God is and what he wants us to do. Paul continues and he says, Therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and this is in a way a day of evil, Evil is all around us. People are afraid. The enemy is wreaking havoc all over the world. But he says that you may be able to stand your ground and having done everything. And after you've done everything, to stand. So how do we do that? He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's the word of God. Wrap it around your waist. Let it hold your pants up. Let it become that which keeps us all together. Let the breastplate of righteousness take its place. Put it in its place so that your chest and your heart is protected. Put your feet, put on the the shoes, as it were, of the gospel of peace. Have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. Why? Because people lack peace all around us. So we want to be able to be the peace for them, the instrument of peace. In addition, take up the shield of faith. Why? So that you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. They're coming all around to, to your heart, to your mind, to your to your, to your your body. Protect yourself with the shield of faith and put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of God, uh, the spirit, which is the word of God. Let's go back to the basics of what we know to be the reality of our faith. The foundational elements, the things that will keep us in check. And if you find yourself shaky, don't sit there by yourself, quiet. Pick up the phone, call someone. Call your small group leader. Call one of us as your pastors. Call a friend and say, Hey, listen, I'm not feeling that I'm protected by the armor of God right now. Pray with me, will you? Hold me up. I need a hand. God bless you. I want to pray with you before I I turn it back to to Aaron and uh, as as we close this meeting. But I want to just pray with you right now. So, Father, we just come to you today aware that these are times that are challenging aware that these are times that are also glorious. These are times where we can enter a depth of our relationship with you and with one another in a powerful way. So, Father, I just want to release a spirit of joy over all of us right now, a spirit of fearlessness, a spirit of faith that will allow us to be girded up with the armor that you have provided us all around us, clothed in that armor, strengthened and ready for whatever the enemy brings our way, but strengthened in the knowledge that you are never leaving us. You have never left us. You will never leave us. You will continue with us, and you will continue to be glorified in us and through us. And Father, I pray your blessing over each one of us that are on the air together right now and those that could not make it. Bless us as a community, Lord knit us together through these online means and through other ways that we will discover to stay connected. Father, I pray for every home that your peace would just flood every home right now, that every conversation would be flavored with love, would be flavored with care. Father, where there is tensions, replace them by treasures of joy. Where there is friction, allow it to be just the... Uh, folly of being in love together and falling in love deeper together as families. Father, strengthen us in our core, small group, our home itself. Strengthen us in the way, Lord, that you are preparing us for what's coming next. We know what's coming next is glorious. We're praying, Lord, today for the scientists and the medical staff that are working on solutions to protect us whether it's medications or vaccines or solutions for healing. But at the same time, Lord, we pray for your body to rise up, that we would become instruments in your hand to speak life, to speak healing, to speak restoration, to families, to, to persons, to individuals, to those that are infected. Father, we've, we've heard stories of people in China that have been tested by putting the virus in their hands and the virus had actually died. Father, Activate us to be instruments of your glory, instruments of your healing, instruments of your peace in a powerful way. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you. And Father, we just pray for our government leaders right now. We pray for Justin Trudeau. We pray for the cabinet that's around him, the minister of health. We pray for Doug Ford and the Minister of Health here in Ontario. We pray for the ministers of finance at the federal and the provincial level. We pray for our mayors, whether it's Mayor Tory in Toronto or the different mayors all across the GTA and all across Canada, in every city, in every town. Father, may your leaders just shine today with glory. May they be filled with the authority and the mind that you would give them to rule well that they would guide us through this situation with with goodness, that there would be a peace that would cover every person, Lord, across this nation and across the nations of this earth. Father, everyone is in their homes right now across the planet. Use this as an opportunity to let your glory shine and for your name to be lifted up. Father, I believe that this is the tipping point for the greatest harvest that we will see across all of humanity in all of history. I believe, Lord, that we are at the brink of the salvation of millions and millions and billions, Lord, across this planet. Use us. Activate us. Allow us to think different about how we are the church. Not how we do church, but how we are the church. So, Father, I bless you. I thank you for every one of the brothers and sisters on this uh, call right now. And, and I just ask for your peace, your blessing, your strength to cover us all right now for what you are doing with us in the next season, may the name of Jesus be glorified, the name with which I pray, in the authority that He has given us to to, to step into the places He has called us. Amen. Bless you, everyone. I'm so happy to to have this time together. I'm gonna to unmute us all, and I expect that we're gonna probably hear some echoes. But I wanna thank you, and I wanna just. Uh, i going to keep posted online and keep an eye on to what the vote is doing. And uh, we're going to be having all kinds of things posted online to keep us together. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Henry. Thank, Thank you. you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye well, to see everybody. Look, look, look it. Okay. Bless, bless you all. Bless you all.